Hi, this is Stephanie, the host of the Empower Your Life podcast, and we help clients avoid surgery, injections, medications when they've been told nothing else has worked. We get typically the toughest cases, and one of the things that we love to do is just continue to provide education to really help give you hope that it's possible that you can feel better, especially as we age, uh, because the biggest frustration that I see um, and our medical system is literally, it's like, oh, that's just what happens as you get older. Oh, there's nothing you can really do. Here, take some pain medications. Like that's the solution for most cases. And I'm here to tell you that, you know, if something is really, truly mechanical and we understand how that looks like in the body, we understand the patterns to help you get back. Um, medications are not the answer. I mean, in most of the cases, medications just mask the symptoms. They don't really get down to the source of what's going on. So our next talk that we have coming up is on how the neck, headaches, shoulder pain, even TMJ, how they're all connected. Um, and oftentimes what happens is you go to a doctor and they're like, you only look at the shoulder because the shoulder hurts. And you go to a shoulder specialist and they like, oh yeah, well maybe you have a rotator cuff tear. But then you also have some pain between your shoulder blades. And so you go and see a spine specialist and they're like, yeah, you, you have a herniated disc. Um, and so we need to do this. Like no one is talking together because they really are linked. Or when you have people, you know, looking at like the TMJ or looking at headaches um, and looking at the mechanics of how everything is um, moving together because there's, they're, they're all connected. And no one fits those pieces of the puzzle together. And that's kind of what we do. And that's what our next talk is going to be about. So if you're interested in learning more about what that is, go to our description and you'll see the link to sign up for that, as well as other free resources that we have for you. This um, next podcast we have is a long one, but we are going to dive deep into how to end chronic back pain fast without nasty pills, scary injections, or risky surgeries. So we're going to dive deep into what that looks like, um, some exercises that you can start with, talking about different diagnoses and how we challenge those diagnoses, such as arthritis, stenosis, spondylolisthesis, um, you know, th different things that, that are common things that we see. We're going to talk about a herniated disc and what that looks like and how we were able to help someone that had a 9 to 10 millimeter bulge. Um, which is huge. And the only reason he was sent to physical therapy was because the doctor wanted to do surgery. And the only way surgery was going to get approved if he tried physical therapy. So thank God he found our place because after five visits, he was back to feeling almost a hundred percent, probably like 85%, but was able to work, live his life and manage this. And now um, he's doing fantastic. So these are some things that we'll be talking about um, in this next talk, um, the podcast and uh uh, make sure you go to the description for all of our free resources as well. And we'll see, we'll talk to you soon. This is the Empower Your Life podcast, where you can find some of the best health and life tips to keep you active and living life without having to go through surgeries, procedures, and medications. We want to give you hope that it is possible as the body has an amazing ability to heal if we give it the right environment. Stay tuned to the end of this podcast to hear a very special offer. Without a further ado, let's get started. Okay, guys. So today we're going to be talking about back pain and how we can avoid pain pills, injections, um, surgeries, those kind of things. Um, but we're also going to do a deep dive into some, some common conditions that we see 
um, that, you know, are kind of scary, like having stenosis or, um, you know, a herniated disc, or um, even when you have like arthritis, um, you know, we're going to kind of go through some of these, these conditions um, and kind of talk about, about, about them because oftentimes, you know, there's things that we can do that doctors don't even realize because um, there's been many cases where people have lost hope and they've been able to kind of get their life back um, without having to be on pain pills and doing injections and going through surgeries and those kind of things. So that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. So I'm going to show you guys the mistakes that we see our clients make um, that have chronic reoccurring back pain and why these, um, why they are mistakes. So you don't have to go down this kind of same path. That's very costly. So some of the things that we're going to be talking about today, um, we're going to get into, um, why pain pills, medications, injections, and surgeries don't work. We're going to get into why MRIs and imaging can lead us down to, um, unnecessary procedures, um, and kind of what the research says about those things. We're going to get into common diagnoses that um, you'll get um, that can pain, such as arthritis or stenosis, um, and we're going to kind of learn more about those. And then we're also going to go into um, what healthcare providers um, miss and get back to living your life. Um, there's a lot of things that um, just aren't looked at when when we are treating people with back pain. And then our top three common exercises that we usually get people um, started to start getting you some relief today. Um, so those are the, the basics of what we're going to be talking about. Um, make sure you stay to the end. We'll have some some free bonuses and stuff that we've talked about before, as well as other things. Um, so a little bit about me and my experience. Um, I have been a physical therapist for gosh, 24 years. Um, I have a book that just came out that um, I wrote. So I get a lot of clients all over the, all over the United States. They're like, Oh my gosh, I wish we had you in California and Tulsa and Colorado. Um, I get these all the time. So I was like, I'm going to write a book about it and, and really kind of help people understand the body a little bit better, but then also understanding how to find good healthcare providers to really help them, um, get some relief. But back pain is one of the things, is one of the common things that we see in our office, um, all the time. And when we hear our clients come in that have been hurting for 20 years that don't think that they can do anything um, about their back pain, um, it's really sad because you just, they've gone to so many different healthcare providers and they just haven't found any solutions. So um, I'm excited for you guys to be on this call so that we can just at least provide some education so you can get some, some hope that there is something that you guys can do. So a success story. So this was a client that we had a few years ago and that he basically had been in pain, back pain for a long time, probably 10, 15 years, basically sent to pain management. That was, that was basically all that they gave him options for was pain management, which basically is drugs and injections. Um, he did so much so um, that he was on so many drugs for this, that he ended up having to go to rehab because um, he just was addicted to all the stuff that the doctors had given him, which is really sad. But when he found us, um, we were the first people that told him we can help. It's going to take a little bit because your tissues are so, um, you know, degenerative, like he hasn't been using them at all. I said, but we can help you get back. And, um, and we did, 
we he basically um, has a whole new leash to life. He is applies instructor now, traveling the world. Um, you know, you would never know that he ever had any kind of back issues whatsoever. Um, and and these are kind of the cases that we see are the cases that people have had. You know, a lot of issues um, that no one could figure out what what they could do, but we do here. So if we look at like the total cost of back pain, you know, it's it's in the billions, $34 billion. That was what I looked up recently is like, that's how much, that's how much it costs that we're spending on just back pain alone. The average cost of one back injection is $1,200. And we've had people have had one injection that's cost as much as $3,000 um, and it didn't work. Um, an average cost of an MRI was, is around $1,500. And there's a lot of things that you can do. Like MRIs aren't the end all be it all as far as that's what's gonna help you figure out what's going on. We'll go into that a little bit later. And our healthcare costs have risen over 50% in the last 10 years. So our goal is to really, let's help reduce that um, where you can you know, spend money on the right kind of healthcare to get your life back, to get you have an understanding of what you can do to help you get back to all the things that you wanna do. So our healthcare costs are 60% higher um, when you have back pain. And oftentimes one back surgery is going to lead to a second, and third surgery. Um, we've got to stop this. <laughs> it's crazy. We see this all the time and we'll talk about a little bit about why that happens. We do also do 200% more back surgeries in this country compared to any other country. The more back surgeries we have, the more surgeries that are going to be happening. And that's kind of what's happening. So what are some of the common causes of lower back pain and what are some of the myths that are out there? So when we look at common causes of back pain, they're typically repeated postures, movement habits that we do throughout the day. Um, set, most of them are, are, it's more of a sedentary lifestyle and they're poor like bending postures. So when we look at this, when I have people come into the office, they're not people that are construction workers that are lifting and, and constantly moving. We rarely see a construction work, worker come through our office, unless they had kind of a worker's comp injury. Typically the people that come through our office are people that sit in front of computers. They're more sedentary. Um, you know, as we get older, we tend to sit, stand, walk, sits. I mean, we're in the same plane of motion all the time. And when we're kids, we're moving all over the place. And that just doesn't happen as we get older, for whatever reason, we just tend to do the same movements. And so if we don't fix those things, then you're going to have the same issues happen again. So I like to kind of equate it to like, if we pull our finger back and we hold our finger back, our joints in a position, it doesn't need to be in. Now, if it's in that position for a little bit, it's not a big deal. You come out of that position, it recovers, no big deal. But if we're in these positions for hours, hours and hours out of the day, and we come out of it and we go back right back into it again. Um, our joints don't recover from that. We just don't recover as fast as we get older and we tend to have issues. And so if we don't fix pulling the finger back, it doesn't matter what we do. We can do all the injections, soft tissues, surgeries. Um, the problem is, is we're pulling our finger back. And so that's kind of like the analogy of our everyday habits that we do. And one of the big things that we do in our office is bring awareness around it so that we can come up with a game plan for you to get back to feeling good. So that's one thing. So some of the myths of back pain is 
you know, the big thing you'll see is, oh, I need to strengthen my core. And it's, it's not true. The, the strengthening the core while, when we get to the source of what's going on, and then we start working on some of the strengthening things. Yes. But if, if we don't get to what's going on and why it's happening, the core strength doesn't, doesn't do you any good. If you physically can't move the body, um, because something's not moving very well, you're not going to be able to activate those muscles very well. You're going to have these patterns that you're going to have some compensation around it. So if you've been told that you've got to work on the core and get stronger, it won't help. We've had many people try yoga to help fix their back. And while they feel slightly better, their pain comes right back again. They're like, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty strong because I can do all these things, but my pain is still there. We hear stuff like that all the time. Losing weight also does not fix back pain. There, there's no research showing that if I lose weight, my back pain is going to go away. I've even had patients try to lose weight, have lost weight, and their back pain actually intensified. It doesn't fix it. Um, that's not the solution. Now, if we're talking about knees, a completely different story. But for the back, losing weight does not um, help. Hamstring flexibility is another thing that we see people. So you'll see people, you know, they'll come in. And they'll do things like hamstring stretches. That's what they were given at, at a previous physical therapy place. They'll have things where, oh, let's bend your knees to our chest because we need to stretch our muscles. The muscle is a symptom. It's not going to help you actually potentially could make you worse if you try to do like bring your knees to your chest type things. Um, it's also a reason why, why a massage is not a solution um, because the muscles are just a symptom of something else that's going on. And we're going to dive in deeper, um, here in a second on that. So let's talk about the disc model and kind of, um, talk about herniated discs. Um, and, um, cause those are definitely common things that we see in our office as potential issues with pain. So when you have, um, if you look at the center and through here, um, these are our discs that are in between the bones and these discs are kind of like gel filled. So if we think this of like a donut, push down on one end of, of the gel and we can how we kind of move everything around. And so what happens is, is we're always in positions that are similar positions like sitting. So you'll hear people oftentimes when they have back pain is I don't want to bend forward. It hurts. Um, or when I sit too long, it starts giving me problems. And so if you think about that, if we're, if we're always kind of in that bent forward position, you're going to, that material is going to move to the back. And then eventually what can happen is, um, you can get some herniation or you can get some of that material that moves to the back. Now you can fix this with physical therapy, because as long as everything is intact, these rings that go around these discs are intact and it hasn't ruptured, which very rarely does it rupture and that presents very differently. And we, we know what that presents as rarely do we see a case like that. I think I've only seen one case in my office where I'm like, yeah, you, you can wait for this to heal, but I, I would have surgery. You're going to get there much faster. Most of the time, that's not the case. Most of the time the disc is, is intact. And what happens is, is if everything is intact, think of like kind of like hydrostatic pressure, we can do motions um, based off of where we feel like the gel is happening, you know, um, where it's more pushed into one area, whether it's more to the back, more to the side, we can do some repeated motions that will push it right back to where we can get um, people getting some pretty quick results when things like this happen. And it takes a, you know, an evaluation to figure out 
well, is it more to the back? Is it more to the side? You know, there's a lot of different areas that that gel can move to, but we, we can figure it out. But that's the basically kind of the disc model. It can press up against nerves. It can send pain down your leg. Those again are usually very fixable. Um, we can get people to pull pain out of their leg pretty quickly. Um, once when, as we're doing an evaluation, we kind of take some baselines. So that's one area that is very common that we see uh, what that we see that ha that has a back pain. So I'm going to give you kind of an example. This is a client that came in literally like about a month ago, and he has, if you can see this in this lower part here, that's a massive herniation. That's a like nine to ten millimeter herniated disc. Um, and I'm telling you, like in five weeks, he was praising us and saying, I was able to spend time with my family over Christmas. Um, I, I could walk, I could do everything. And I wasn't hurting. Um, this is a massive herniation. And so the only reason he was sent to physical therapy was because his doctor said, we can't do any kind of surgery unless you have physical therapy. And that's the only reason he was searching for physical therapy. This particular client lived in Irving far from our office. He took Uber to come to our office because someone had told him, this is the office that you need to go to because they're going to be able to help you. And when he came in, he was so bad. We like, when you have a herniation that bad, we basically had to put him on, on pillows to kind of open up that space to kind of calm things down. So while we, you know, want to kind of press, press through this area to kind of move the material away, we want to move into extension for this to move the material away. If you went into extension because the herniation was so big, it literally was pressing into the herniation. So we had to gradually like keep the space open with like him lying on pillows and slowly dropping him, monitoring his leg symptoms. Um, and he, each week he got better and better and better. He didn't have that much weakness in his legs. So the nerve, um, the, the pinched nerve wasn't, it wasn't really damaged at all. Um, and he did have a little bit of, of dural tension, which is common when you have that much, that but big of a herniation pressing up against a nerve. That means that the, that the nerve's not able to glide. Um, and so it gets kind of stuck because something is, is, is pushing up against it. And that's very common when you have that big of a herniation, but in five weeks, he literally was back to doing his work to like going out and enjoying family. Um, so I'm here to say it's possible, even if you have something massive like this, it is possible to get back. Um, he even, he was scheduled to have injections and he even canceled those. I was like, they're not going to help you because we can take your pain away like this, um, doing some of these things. So you're, you're basically going to waste your money doing the injections. Um, and, and so we didn't do them, but again, five weeks, he was back to feeling great. So here's another example of, of a patient that um, we've seen, and this is a common example. We've seen this several times. So we're going to go through a lot of, of things with this picture. So when we look at this, um, this is a space between the discs. Um, and you can see as we get a little bit down, the space gets smaller. That's what they kind of call degenerative disc disease. That's when the space gets smaller. They also will call this arthritis in the sense that you, you don't have a lot of space you can see the lips here where there's a little bit of extra bone growth. Again, they call this um, arthritic changes that are happening within the spine. And then you can also see when the, these bones through here um, are, once when you get to this part, this L4, L5, you can see that it's shifted forward. And that's what they call a spondylolisthesis. So you'll see this really common 
um, it, with patients. And one of the things that I'll say with this is that um, just because they have this, we've had multiple patients that sent us x-rays and said, can you help us with this? And I said, probably. Um, and the reason how, why we can help it is because I guarantee you, if we look at the way they move their spine and they bend backwards, they're only moving at this level. The levels above here aren't moving and the levels below here aren't moving, whether they have some, a hip component um, or this area is not moving. They're basically have, think of a fulcrum where you're just bending over at one specific area very common when we see this in older in, in the older population. And so what we find is, is if we can increase the range of motion above and increase the range of motion below, everything shifts and it moves together and their pain will go away. We see this time and time again. So even if people, you get a diagnosis of a spondylolisthesis, you have some shifting, um, it doesn't mean that you can't be helped and that you can't feel yes. that now, with that being said, when we've seen stuff like this in the younger population, I'm talking people that are in high school, um, oftentimes it, it, it can be a spondylolisthesis and their pain is coming from that. And even when we try to open up all these areas, it doesn't help them. That's going to be a true case. We basically have ruled it in saying, yes, the spondylolisthesis is actually something that is there. Now, other cases that we'll see is you'll have a thing called um, stenosis. And stenosis is when the areas in the back become more, um, the space gets smaller. And when that space gets smaller, they call that stenosis. And then it can also pinch nerves and do those kind of things. Now, typically how stenosis would present, it would present where when you sit, you're going to feel better um, no matter what, wherever you sit, because it, when you sit and you bend forward, it opens up that space. And typically when you extend backwards, it's going to close that space down. But one of the biggest things in our office is we want to make sure is the pain really coming from stenosis or is it coming from something else? Because remember when I talked about that herniated disc, where if we're bent forward, we can move all the gel to the back and that can also pinch a nerve and can create pain down the leg. And most of the time when we see people that are, have stenosis, they've been diagnosed with it they're gonna be more bent forward because they, they basically have accommodated, they don't wanna extend back because it kind of hurts. So they bend forward and when they bend forward, it can move all the material to the back, also creating issues with pain down the leg, very similar to stenosis. Um, so walking can be difficult for the, this population, um, but if they're bent forward, walking is gonna be difficult because you're gonna have a very similar case to, to having something that's more of like a herniated disc. We just have to determine which one is it. So we had a client that came in and literally um, she had been hurting for 20 years and didn't think anything that she could do anything. But her friend said, please go in and talk to them, at least talk to them. And so we, we talked to her and, uh, and we said, you know, what if we can improve your mobility, which would definitely improve you being able to move around better. And that was the only reason she started with us. And so it's like, we basically described it to her. We're going to basically put you in positions. We're going to monitor your leg symptoms. And we're going to see if this really is stenosis or if it's not. And, and taking her history, there was definitely some mechanical things that were like, this, this may not be stenosis. That's really creating her problems. So again, we had to monitor her symptoms. We had to accommodate her because she was so flexed forward. There's no way that she could ever lay on her stomach. Um, and so we had to put pillows underneath her, her, her stomach to let her to kind of relax. 
And as we put pillows underneath her and we got in her position, we were just asking how your leg symptoms, are they getting better? Are they getting worse? And she's like, no, they're actually getting better. Like, I don't have any pain in my leg right now. And I was like, awesome. So we start pulling pillows out and she has no pain in her leg. And she goes, now my back pain starting to feel better. We're like, awesome. By the end of treatment, she, she was like, this is the best I felt in 20 years. Um, and by the second treatment, she was doing much better and continuing to get better. So if we could improve that mobility and her leg symptoms are actually getting better and we're moving her into extension, that's not stenosis. That just means that she just had a herniated disc and she's just been accommodating it for a while and all of her leg pain was going away. Now, if we had her on her stomach and we were increasing her into some extension and her leg pain got worse then that's going to tell us that, oh, we probably have some stenosis or we're just moving too fast. And we just got to monitor those symptoms, but doing an evaluation and really understanding the body is how we can help determine is that what, 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 you know, the diagnosis is, is it really true or is it something else that's going on? And that's the difference between, you know, us as physical therapists that really understands how the back works versus even doctors, because a doctor, all they do is they take a picture and say, this is what you have. Great. What do we do? Well, here's some medications. Um, I mean, if you go and listen to any of our testimonials, that's literally what they say. I, I was given drugs. Um, they didn't work. Um, I lost hope and I get, I, I just decided I was going to have to deal with it. We hear these stories time and time again. So how can we fix lower back pain or even pain that goes into the hip? And what is our healthcare system not looking at? So other areas that can also create back pain is in the lower thoracic spine. And we're going to show you some pictures as to why. And so that's an area that just gets missed. No one ever looks into it. Um, and a lot of times you won't have pain in the lower thoracic spine. That's where your ribs are. You'll have pain down in your lower back, or you can even have pain in your hip that's coming from your lower thoracic spine. And the reason why is because all the muscles that attach into those ribs also attach into the top of your pelvis. And so if those muscles are tightening to protect, um, then you're, you could feel it in your lower back. Usually it's a little bit more to out to the side, if it's going to be lower thoracic, um, or it's just above the hip. And those are two common areas that you'll find, um, that could be, that could be a potential issue in your lower thoracic spine. So those are areas that we look at. Um, and the, the tissue tightness that we feel is really uh, the muscle. It's a symptom. It's a symptom of protection. And that's why when you go and you get a massage, it, it comes right back again because you're treating a symptom. So if you ever have anything where, Ooh, I don't feel good. I'm going to go get a massage, you get a massage and feel better, but it comes right back again. That should be the first sign that I'm treating a symptom. There's something else that's causing my tightness. And so that's where, you know, we, we have to look at that lower thoracic spine. Another area is the hip really common one side of the hip, not moving. If your hip's not moving and, and, um, you can't move it very well, or you can't rotate it the way it's supposed to, like one side moves, the other side doesn't, you're going to increase, you're going to get the motion from somewhere. So if it doesn't move as well into extension, you're going to get the more extension in your back. If it doesn't move as well, when you're in flexion, or that legs in front of you, you're going to get more motion from the back. And so you have to address those areas as well. And there's been times where we've only looked at the hip. They only had back pain. We got the hip to open up and then their back pain went away. Um, there's been times where there's combinations of, of issues in the back and the hip 
and in the thoracic spine or only in the back and the hip. And so you have to really look at everything in order to really truly get full resolution. So once we look at the mobility, then we need to go look at muscle imbalance and, and movement habits. And so this is where you'll, because something wasn't moving, you're recruiting muscles the way in, in a bad way that we need to undo. And so we have to start working on the weaknesses that are there. Once we get everything moving, we've got to talk about what are the common things that you're doing in your daily life that could be contributing to some of this. Um, a lot of times it's like I said earlier, it's that repeated things that you do daily. It's the accumulation of all these things. Um, which is why all of a sudden one day you threw socks into your suitcase. You're like, Oh my God, I threw my back out. Like, that's crazy. I didn't even do anything. It wasn't the socks that you threw in the suitcase. That was the problem. It was accumulation of all these things over the years that you were doing that led up to that. The body just said, I can't do it anymore. I'm going to make you hurt. And so we've got to look at, at the totality of what you're doing throughout the day and start giving a game plan around what you can do to, to combat this. So if you're someone that loves to garden and that's a lot of bending and you're afraid that, it, that your back's going to go out, we've got to give you tools to help you combat that so that you can do those things. So that's one of the things when I talk about some of the movement habits that you're doing, those are some of the things that we talk about um, in our evaluation and the treatments as we, as you go along. Other things, you know, once we have things that have been, that are moving, other things that we have to look at are things that have chronically been tight and shortened. So if everything's moving, your thoracic spine's moving, your back's moving, your hips moving, then we've got to look at, and there's still some tightness there. There can be some tightness that's left over that has been, um, shortened because it's been tight for so long. I mean, if people have been hurting for 10 years and something's been tight for so long, you're going to get some shortening of that. And we've got, we can address that at that point. So there are times where we release tightness and those kind of things, but you have to look at the mobility first and get that resolved before you can go into all these other things. Otherwise it'll come right back again, not any different than, than doing a massage. Um, and then the last things are the postural habits and those kind of things. We've got to address those as well. Um, which is kind of what I talked about on some of the movement habits we've got to, you know, things that you do, if someone has a sitting job, we've got to come up with a game plan on how you can sit so that you can get through work and not have pain and, um, and continue on feeling good for years to come. So this is kind of how the hips and the thoracic spine can create some of your back issues. I took kind of like a video and you can kind of see in this video, you're going to see some of the muscles that, um, are being attached. And as we see them are, are getting attached, you can see even up into the ribs, these are all areas that attach into those ribs that also attach into the pelvis that create problems. You can have all these muscles that come up and through here and then have problems down, down low, but it really could kind of be a rib problem. And so these are just um, all the muscles that we see um, in the back that, that happen. So all of it's connected. If you have tightness somewhere where something's not moving, you're going to have muscle tightness that's going to guard and protect. And so you've got to get to why that protection happens. So how do we know when medications and injections won't work? And this is the first offense that most doctors will give you into their, you know, to why they do that. It's because that's the only thing they can do. They don't know how physical therapy works. Um, maybe they sent you to physical therapy and it's a bad place. And they realize, well, physical therapy doesn't work because they never knew that there was actually a place that could understand all this. 
Um, and that happens a lot too, which is why it takes a while for people to find us. Um, but we feel pain in six ways. And I've added two other categories on there um, at the bottom, which is autoimmune conditions and chronic stress and emotional pain. And so those can also create pain. And again, if you don't address those, you're never going to get to the root cause of what it is. And so we have mechanical pain, we have thermal pain, we have chemical pain, we can have nerve pain, um, and, and autoimmune chronic stress and emotions. And if we get any of these, these categories wrong, you're just going to be treating a symptom. So what are they? <clears throat> mechanical pain is like how we move. <clears throat> so if something's not moving very well, that's the mechanics. Mechanical pain is very pattern-based. So we'll see a lot of the patterns. So when we ask you questions, what's like, oh yeah, we see that. Yep. Yep. That that's, that's a pattern that we see all the time. Um, so we can ask questions and kind of get an understanding. Is it mechanical or not? So big questions that you ask yourself for mechanical pain are, can you move in positions and make it better? Can you move in positions that make it worse? Um, if you can move it and make it better and worse or, or take the pain away when I'm in this position, but it comes on when I'm in this position, those are mechanics. That means that we've got to address the mechanics to fix that. You can't fix that with drugs. Drugs are chemical pain and chemical pain basically is that constant throbbing pain that you can't change your position or move in and out of to change anything. That's chemical pain. And a good example that I'll give people is you still have to figure out why is the chemical pain happening to begin with. Now it could be an injury. You fell, you had a lot of inflammation, um, and it it's throbbing and aching. Well, yes, those are chemicals and you can take medications to kind of help reduce that. Um, but if it's like, for instance, let's say someone had a kidney infection and anyone that's ever had a kidney infection, it's that chronic throbbing back pain. You think it's back pain. Um, you can't change your position. You can't do anything, but you can take some chemicals to reduce it. But if you don't fix the infection, it's not going to help. It's just going to constantly stay there, if that makes sense. So that's why a lot of times doing injections and doing medications don't really work because it's not the category. It's not what's, what's really, truly happening in the spine. There's something else that's going on. Thermal pain would be like sun, burns and sunburns. So we can kind of take those, those off the list. Neuro pain would be nerve pain. So you have um, a nerve that's been compressed. And the, the thing with this, is if you have a nerve that's been compressed, you really need to understand what's pressing it. So you'll see a lot of people that, you know, you get pain down the leg, you'll get, you can have numbness and tingling. Um, you can have parts of the leg that skips, like it could skip the top, top, top part of the leg and you only feel it on the bottom part of the leg or you only feel it in your foot. Um, but there's certain nerve pathways that you can see and tell to determine which nerve is being pinched. So if it's bad enough, you can tell if there's strength issues, um, there'll be strength issues only in one muscle, um, showing you that it's, a, it's a certain level of the pain. The nerve is pinched at a certain level. You can have where the pain location is, is also can give you determinations of where the nerve is being pinched. Um, but you, you don't want to stretch a nerve if the nerve is being pinched, because if, if it's not scarred down, that's the only time where you'd actually stretch a nerve, but there's very, there's, there's tests that we can do to determine whether it's been scarred down, or is it something like a herniated disc is pressing up against it? Because if a herniated disc is pressed up against the nerve, you want to get that, that, that disc off the nerve. You don't want to be pulling on the nerve, but if the nerve has been scarred down, 
because you had a herniated disc and it healed and it scarred down on the nerves and it's been going, it's been like this for a long time. Typically what'll happen is you won't have any back pain anymore. And all of a sudden you only get leg pain, but it only happens when you stretch the nerve. It's been going on for two or three months. If it's been scarred down, then you have to remodel that tissue to get it flexible again. And, um, but if a disc is put up against it, then you want to make sure that you get the disc off that nerve. And so those are, those are a different kind of pain and there's different ways that we treat that. The other categories like autoimmune, um, we find that, you know, when someone has pain, it's very random and there's no patterns. I start asking questions like, tell me a little bit more about your gut. Like, do you have a hard time going to the bathroom? Are you constipated? Um, do you get bloating all the time? Are there foods like even healthy foods that you try to eat, but it makes you feel sick? These are all common things, fatigue, constant fatigue um, from, you know, not having, you know, brain fog. Um, these are common things that we'll see with like autoimmune conditions and you've got to fix the autoimmune condition in order to fix the pain. <clears throat> and that takes, takes someone taking down the path of, of really understanding the gut health and doing a lot of blood work and seeing what's going on with that and food allergies and really putting you on like a six month long program to really get your gut back into balance again. And those symptoms will go away. We see it all the time. We probably get cases that are autoimmune cases, one or two per year. And we have a place that we send people to, to help get resolution for that. But we do see that there are some cases that will be, um, the pains coming from autoimmune again, no patterns, um, random pain. You can't, there's no turning anything on and off. And then we start asking more questions about, you know, their gut and those kind of things. Other, other kinds of pain are the chronic stress and, and emotional pain. Very common. We see stuff like this. We had someone that, um, was in the office and, um, they had constant like hip pain and knee pain. And I kept on asking like the, when we looked at them, all the mechanics were getting better. We couldn't reproduce any of their pain at the office. They could do step-ups now, no pain in their hip or knee. And I'm like, well, when does this happen? And, I, and they're like, well, when I go to work, I get all this pain. I go, tell me what's going on at work. Well, there's a lot of stress. And I'm like, okay, so we're going to have to deal with this because this is coming from more of an emotional piece of it that's creating some of that pain. Because when you have that chronic stress, it's going to hit your weakest link. So whatever that is for you, that's what's going to be flared up. So if it's an orthopedic issue, the orthopedic issue is going to be flared up. If it's some other issue that can be, that can be flared up. We had a guy that came in um, our office and had, I don't know, 10 back surgeries, crazy. He wished he never had any of the back surgeries, um, but he came in our office and we were helping him. But every time the weather would change, he instantly would have all this pain and you just couldn't function. And I'm like this, you've got to deal with this because you're, he, he's attached the weather and that emotion and that pain to the, to that, to where, I mean, he could tell you if the atmosphere drops below this part of it, then I'm going to have the pain. And I kept on telling him, you've got to address this. You've got to address this. Well, eventually he had to address it. He found someone took care of all of it, had to go. I mean, it was like a, a, probably a three or four month process came back in the office. It's like, all oh, my back pain's gone. I'm like, I know you dealt with the emotions. So of course, of course it's gone. Um, and so now it comes in for two nips here and there, but this is where you, if you don't get the right category, you're just treating a symptom. 
and it's, and it's way more complicated than, oh, here's a picture and let's, and, and this is what you have. So why does one surgery lead to more surgeries? Um, and, and the big reason why is because most of the time people have no clue what they did to start their pain. They're like, I don't know. I had pain. You know, I woke up and it just started hurting me. And when that's the case, um, and you don't understand what you are doing, that's creating some of these issues. So the doctor will just go in, let's say they're going to do a disectomy. They're, they're cutting out the piece that's irritated, or they're doing a laminectomy, which basically means they're opening up the space because of, of irritation within that disc. And so if you don't know what you did that started this, you go and get the pieces. You're going to feel good initially because you took out the irritation, but you go right back to the same activities that created the pain. And a year later, your pain comes back again. We have several people in our office that that is the exact same scenario has happened. They literally are like, um, it never helps. Like it, you know, I did another one, another surgery and it still didn't help. And it's because no one's getting into like what they're doing throughout the day. That's creating some of their issues and no one's getting into, you know, looking at the thoracic spine, how do the joints move? Um, so that everything can kind of move together. And so if you don't fix those pieces, you're going to have issues. You're going to have a surgery that's going to lead you to another surgery. Now, with that being said, we also have had people that we have recommended. Surgery. Um, and, and it happens. There's times where we're like, yep, you need surgery. I mean, we had someone that fell and hurt her back, but didn't correlate the back with her back pain. And she had a cyst in her back. And when we saw her, she was getting better. But then all of a sudden, everything we did, she was starting to digress. And I'm like, yep, go to the doctor. Let's see what's going on because this is not presenting like it should be presenting. Um, there's patterns and you, we should see progress with this and we're not, and you're actually digressing. So sure enough, she had a massive cyst and, and then she remembered that she had fallen, which is how that could, could have gotten created. Once I took it out, she was doing fantastic. We had another guy that, that, um, threw his back out and decided to go and play golf again and really threw his back out to the point where he literally had ruptured his disc. And so we saw him initially before he went back and, and played golf. And then he came back saying, I feel worse, um, told us what he did. And we, we were working on him, but he was digressing. We're like, go to the doctor. Let's get this checked out while we're treating him. And sure enough, he had to have the surgery, had the surgery, came back to us and is doing fantastic. So there are cases that are needed. We're not, we're not against surgery when it's needed, it's needed, but it's used way more often than it should be um, because no one's getting to some of the other things that we've, that we've been discussing. So what about the MRIs and why does this lead to more procedures? So when you look at the research on MRIs, um, it's not great. Because what happens is um, if you take a hundred people with no pain whatsoever, um, this could be back pain, neck pain, shoulder pain, knee pain. It doesn't matter. A um, hundred people, no pain whatsoever. And you image them 60 to 80% of them are going to show something, whether it's a herniated disc, degenerative changes, stenosis. Um, they could have meniscal tears, rotator cuff tears, you name it, they could have it. And so if you have this, this image and they see that and, and you're hurting, they're going to be like, oh, this is what is going on. But yet a hundred people had, these people had no pain. And so what happens is, is as we get older, it's kind of like, as we get older, we get wrinkles on our face. We don't want them on there, but that's just kind of what happens as we get older. 
Well, the same thing happens with our bones and our soft tissue and some of the structures, they get wrinkles on it essentially. And so those wrinkles don't mean that there's a problem. It just means that that's just a normal part of aging, which is why most people don't have any pain when they take the pictures and when they, they image them, they didn't have any pain because what they found was it was normal wear and tear. So the older you get, that number goes higher up. The younger you are, that number is going to be much lower. You're not going to see it because it's normal wear and tear. So if you take the pictures without really going through a full evaluation, not a 10 minute conversation with a doctor, a full evaluation, determine, is this really what's going on? We don't even care if you bring in your images, you can, we don't even, I mean, we, we can read it, but it doesn't sway us in, in any way that you know, when we do our valuation, we have it in the back of our mind, but we're doing our evaluation to determine, you know, can we help this? And, and our evaluation will, will give us information as to, yes, see, this is getting better. This is getting better. And this is getting better. This doesn't make sense on your MRI. That's just probably something that's been there. So it's why you can, you know, unless there's something sinister going on, you got some red flags that are happening, um, or, you know, we have to do, we, we need to image this to determine like what kind of surgery we need. I wouldn't recommend it on the back, but let's say like someone tore their ACL potentially, well, we need to determine if they tore their ACL because we need to have the surgery An MRI is going to be needed for something like that. But if it's just doing an MRI to see what's going on, don't waste your money or your time. It's not going to help. It's not going to help you determine what's going on. So we talked about this before, poor posture plays a big role in back pain. And so you can see in these pictures when you're working and if we're really rounded, it puts our spine in, in a bad position. And so it's that, that's go back to the analogy of that finger. If we pull your finger back and we hold it, the joint's not in its normal resting position. It's in a position it doesn't like to be in. And so if we're there for eight hours a day, day after day, year after year, you're going to get changes within those joints and they're not going to like it. And eventually you're going to hurt. So one of the big things with, with working is really making sure that we have good posture. We do a thing called, um, where we use a lumbar roll. It's, um, has, it has a little bit of cushion to it where we put it in our back. We have this normal curve in our back. We put it in our back to where we can rest with our normal resting position. And not only is it going to help with the back, but it helps with the neck and shoulders as well. Other things that we do, we tell people to is take breaks and stand. If you stand while you're working, you're going to be in a much better position. You can see just even standing how we have our natural curve through here. That's going to help. So a lot of times we have people, you know, order a standing desk. These desks that I'm using right here is a bedside table that is in a hospital and it literally is like $60. You can bring it down and bring it up. You can store it. So it's a great thing that you can use to really help with, you know, if you need to work you can work in a standing position and then you can lower it and work in a seated position um, as well. But standing desks are huge when it comes to people that have sitting jobs. So one of the biggest things that we do from an exercise, this is like the one exercise that we like to give our clients. Um, and the reason why is because most of the time, these are the biggest things that we complain about. We complain about sitting gives us problems. When we stand up and we start walking, we actually start feeling better. And those are things because when you're walking, you have little mini extensions and it feels better when we walk. Now there can be cases with back pain where it doesn't feel good when we walk and we've got to investigate those and probably not give you an exercise like this. Probably going to have to modify it a little bit, but we do so much bending 
and we never reverse the direction. And it's, and when we want to keep our joints healthy, if we're doing something repeated in one direction, we need to reverse that direction to, to keep balance within the joint. And so that's really what this is doing. You're literally pressing up, arching the back so that we can get, um, reverse the direction to create balance within the joints. Now, if this is something that hurts and you're not sure if you're doing it right, or I'm feeling pain down my leg, you just need to stop this exercise. You're going to have to, we're gonna have to modify it. We're gonna have to figure out what's going to be the best one for you. But overall, this is something that I'm doing all the time. This is, I, I, I press up like this on a weekly basis, almost on a daily basis, because I'm always bent forward, working on people, those kind of things helps create balance in the body. Another exercise that I love. So when you think of, um, when I talk about how our muscles will, um, get tight and tensed up, um, this will help release some of that tightness. So we're going to move into extension. And so what this does okay. is gonna we're going to lift our hips up. And as we lift our hips up, that's basically, um, going into so a little bit extension in your back. When you pull the legs apart, you're actually getting the pelvis to move and doing even more extension and you're getting those muscles to contract, relax. So it feels fantastic. When my back hurts is one of my favorite exercises to do because I'm moving into extension and I'm getting those muscles to contract, relax, which is helping release some of that tension, some of that protection that we're doing. So this is another fantastic exercise um, that works really well with um, our back clients, starting them out with a little bit of exercise. Okay, you're gonna lift your hips up. So what are some other things that healthcare providers miss? Um, so again, we talk about lifestyle changes, posture habits, we have got to, to address that piece of it because no matter what we give you, if you're doing something that's counterproductive, you're, you're just, we're just spinning our wheels. So it's really, really important. So we talk about it all, like what, give me some things that make you worse. What are some activities that you notice that make you worse? Um, we ask these questions all the time. What are activities that you want to get back to doing? Why are you fearful of doing it? We start, we ask those questions so that we understand how your body responds to things and what we need to do to start making adjustments for you to help um, reduce some of those posture habits that are common. Um, another big one is only looking at the side of the pain. No one ever gets, you know, what I always say is, you know, where the side of the pain is, is often not where the source of the problem is coming from. And so when you go to a doctor and you have pain in your back, they're only going to look at your back. They're not going to look at your hip. They're not going to look at your thoracic spine. Um, they're not looking at any other areas that are creating some of your issues and you have to, and that's a, a big miss in, in, in the healthcare world. Only looking at the injury one, one way. So this is really common. So it's only looking at it from a massage therapist, only looking at the tissue or you go to other PTs and all they give you is strengthening. They're only looking at the strengthening component or you go to a chiropractor and they only look at the joint component. You've got to look at all of it. It's all works together. And so it's not just looking at it from one, one perspective. You're really looking at everything, the totality of everything. I'm really getting to the source of what's going on. Um, surgery does not give you answers as to why you had your back pain in the first place. So if you don't fix why you have your back pain, that's why you're going to have more surgeries and that's a problem. So here's another success story. So this person was a tennis player, had been to multiple PTs before coming in and seeing us and she was having issues. She was like, I, I don't even know if I can even play tennis anymore because it just hurts so bad. And so 
we literally figured out what was going on. Um, you know, I think this was like in six visits, she was back to playing tennis and going, wow, this is amazing. One of the big things you also hear from anyone that's been to our office is I know what I need to do to take care of it. And so I haven't even seen her um, again at all. Like, I, I mean, I see her playing tennis, but I haven't seen her back in my office because she goes, oh, if it ever happens, I go right back to that one exercise and I do it and it takes the pain away. And so that's a big thing that we do is really empower you and help educate you on what you can do specific to your body so that you'll know how to take care of this in the future. Because inevitably we're all human, dude. I do the exact same thing. We feel good. We forget to, we forget to do the things that got us there. We kind of slide back to the things that make us hurt. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh wait, I'm a little stiff again, but you have to go right. You go right back to your exercises and you're going to be able to take care of it. Um, it happens to everyone, including myself, because when we don't have the reminder of pain, we forget to do the things that we need to do and life is busy. And so that will slowly kind of creep back in, but you're going to know exactly what to do and take care of it. So what do you take from this? Um, more injuries, um, do not, most injuries do not require surgery or medications. Um, we do 200% more surgery in this back in this country. I think in this since I've opened up this practice, we've been around for six years and I think we've only sent three people, maybe four people to back surgery in the six years. So, which is amazing. We've, we've pulled way more people out of surgery than we've actually sent into surgery. Um, most of the time, no one gets the source of the problem and why it's happening. Um, there's a lot of different categories. You've got to look at all of them. MRIs and x-rays do not help guide us in treatment or resolving your back pain. Now, if we've, if you've had an accident, like a car accident and you're getting symptoms down your arm, I'm wanting you to have an MRI. I just want to make sure, or x-rays. I want to make sure there's no fractures or anything before there's any kind of treatment. But overall, if it's a, I'm not sure what I did to have my pain. Um, it just came on one day. Those are the ones that really don't need, need that. If you fell or had an accident, those are times when we definitely need to look at getting x-rays or things like that, just to make sure that there's no fractures. And with that, seeing a specialist will help you figure out where the source is coming from so much faster. Um, let's go back to that, that case where it, it's the guy that had the nine to 10 millimeter herniation in five weeks, he's back to feeling amazing. Um, which if you saw him when he came in, um, he just, he was so depressed and didn't think that there would be really anything. He thought he was going to have to have surgery. Um, and we were able to avoid it and he's, and now he knows exactly what he needs to do to get back to feeling great. Um, I want to give you hope that you can get back to living life and again, and doing what you love and you don't have to live in that box and be fearful of if I step the wrong way, um, my back's going to be thrown out. Um, we see it all the time in our office. So we have several options. I know we, um, we have for, for those, we have a free back pain report. So you'll get that actually. Um, you'll get an email with that going in. I know we ne we didn't tell you about that, but in the first um, 10 people will get my book and that free exercise report. So you'll get an email on that as well. Um, and then you'll also get links to for a free back pain assessment. So if you're like, yes, I want to just dive a little bit deeper in my case and, and talk to one of our specialists, um, we have those spots available. There's going to be a link where you can sign up for that as well. And we'll follow up with you tomorrow. We have limited spots per week. Doesn't mean that you're not going to get in, but we have about two or three spots per week. So whoever signs up first is, are the first ones that we'll um, address to get you in. And then if you decide after that, that, you know what, I want to come in, I want to do this. 
Um, if you get this scheduled in the next 15 days, you don't have to come in in the next 15 days. If you just have it scheduled, we'll also give you a hundred dollars off the evaluation. So, um, you can start really understanding how your body operates and works um, more closely. So here's someone that was on the fence about coming in. It's one of our patients, past patients. Um, and this is his um, story of, um, of gosh, 10, 15 years of back pain. I'm here with Empower Physical Therapy. And today we have Zach, who's one of uh, my past patients. Well, still, still patient, almost, almost, almost done <laughs> with everything. But I really wanted him to come on so he could really kind of share his story because I know stories really impact people and really can give people hope that there is something out there to help, you know, with whatever pain you have. And, you know, Zach came in with some back pain. And um, I'd love for him to just kind of share a little bit about like how long, um, were you hurting? What did you try? What were some of your fears? Let's start with with some of those. So uh, I'll tell you a little bit about my back pain. So professionally, I am a chef and an event planner. So I'm on my feet like all the time. I'm sitting right now for the only time today. Um, but uh, my back pain started when I was very, very young. When I was about seven or eight years old, I had I was a very I was competitive swimmer and um, coming home from swim practice one day. What I now know, obviously didn't then, but my rhomboid froze up. And in that process, A, there was a giant fear created around back and excessive back usage and all of these things. Um, but additionally, I was like, there was a constant problem. Now, when I was little, it wasn't always there. Um, it really wasn't until I became an adult that I started really, you know, start having more, more problems with it. So literally, I'm 51, so it's been... 40 plus years <laughs> um, of, of back pain that I have experienced on and off, on and off. And when I came to see Steph, um, it was amazing. The first consultation, she really got clear about what, you know, what was going on and why and all of that. And magician, I'm just telling you. <laughs> what have you tried before in the past? Everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you it, I've done everything. Um, yoga, Pilates, which which both really help a lot, I have to say, but um, it never solved the problem. Yeah. Like I could manage it, but I couldn't solve it. And like, I can't even tell you how many chiropractic, when I discovered chiropractic in when I was in my early 20s, I was like, okay, now this is the way I'm going to go. Um, and it was, but you know, 500 chiropractic appointments later and i still like there's still a fear around there was still a fear around yeah. it and you want to be i wanted to be able to self-manage it in a way and obviously i can't you know crack my own back or my own neck in the same way so this gave me the tools to really take that on personally i travel a, a tremendous amount so um it's really important when i'm on the road that i can like literally be in a hotel room and just bang and now i've got my little tricks and my little my little elastic yeah, you know, I got, my, I got my, I got all my little my tricks to work on, and I, it literally instantaneously, I can be in the middle. Like if I'm, we live part time in Mexico City, and we're, we walk a lot, and literally, I will be in a bathroom, like in a restaurant, in a restroom, doing my stretches, and someone walks in, I'm like, don't ask. You know? but, <laughs> but it makes a huge difference because in the middle of the day, I can kind of reset my body, and yeah. it's you know, it's awesome. I love that. Well, and, and I love Pilates and I love yoga. And the reason why that, um, 
it helps to a point, but it doesn't really help you fully is because you're moving in all these different directions and it's kind of hitting a little bit of everything, but it's not really pinpointing what's going on with you. And then there's other pieces like, what is it that you're doing throughout the day that might be creating some of the problems and bringing awareness around that so that you understand where that's coming from? And then what can you do? Like, what are the tools and tricks that you can do to help um, get you resolution? And that's really what a lot of people don't do. And it does. Like, once we know, I don't care what body part it is, once we know what's going on with you, then there's there's those two or three things that you just need to maintain and keep up with, and you're golden. Yep. Yep, for sure. So what were some of your fears with um, back pain? I mean, I only can imagine because typically when people, you know, have this kind of condition, it's like, oh, God, here it goes again. I'm probably gonna have to have surgery. I'm going to have be dealing with this for the rest of my life. I'm going to be crippled. I'm only 50. I mean, like we just start spiraling down. What were some of your fears? Um, all the ones you just mentioned, in <laughs> addition to, um, you know, there's a constant. I mean, the first time I really, really threw out my back to the point where like I had to be like horizontal for days and days and days and days and days um i was picking up a napkin off the floor <laughs> like it wasn't like i was lifting or moving or like doing it was the dumbest thing and my uh, assistant at the time looked at me and she's like i know what you just did because your face just went <laughs> and it was it was horrendous um so i guess there's it, imp implanting of that fear has caused me frequently to be more restrictive in my own my own actions like mm -hmm. exercise you know and then you gain weight well i've gained weight and then so then the weight gain then makes you you know more susceptible to problems and you know so there's a whole it's like it, it just keeps it keeps piling on top of each other um so i guess it's just the fear of of doing normal things and when is it going to go out where is it going to go out yeah. and i haven't had that i mean we've been working together for a few months now mm -hmm. and like literally i'll do anything and if i get a twinge i'm like okay we're going to go fix that right now yep. and i'll stop what i'm doing i'll go and i'll fix it i'll do a little slidey slides and right now <laughs> Exactly, and you know it. It it um, it gives me a lot more confidence. I'm back. You know, I'm back doing more yoga. Um, I'm back using my bike. You know, there's things that I was not doing for the longest time that I'm really able to do again, which is really great, and without any fear. Yeah, or, and that's awesome. Say, not, not no fear, a lot less fear. But, well, it's and and the longer that you're able to keep it away, and, and you are in control of it. It's not in yeah. control of you anymore. You yeah. are in control of it because you have the tools to help it. Then that fear starts getting less and less and less and less because you know that oh, okay, um, I know what to do. Yeah. Okay, so I think we get the point. Um, I mean, everything that he says is exactly what a lot of people feel and it's what we hear over and over and over again but it's just now you can hear it from from someone else's his mouth and um and how they're they're doing they're they're fantastic actually that, that client lives in mexico city full-time now so um it's always fun when he checks in with us and and we chat with him ever so often um, but he's he's doing fantastic so again we're going to get you an email at the end of this you should see it that comes through so you're going to get a free back pain report um that we've created and you'll get another email for all the bonuses about the book and how to sign up for the back pain assessment and, and all that good stuff um, um, will be coming in another email. And um, yeah, so that is it. I'm gonna open up. Hey y'all, I'm Catherine, the Client Relations Manager. I hope you enjoyed the information in this podcast. If you are looking for more information to figure out how to fix your back pain, click on the link below. 
for our back pain ebook and if you would like to talk to one of our specialists. You can also click on the link below for a free discovery visit if you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Thank you.